Okay, thank you. Paul, thanks very much. You're so cute. Um, <laughs> best looking old guy. I do need to let you know that, um, am I really loud? Okay. Um, that uh, nine months ago, my wife and I became grandparents for the very first time, so that was really exciting. And I know some of you are really looking and going, when, when, when did you guys get married? And, um, no, just kidding. Uh, so we're really excited. Our first grandchild, it's, it's an in- incredible thing to be grandparents because you can love them. You can play with them, and then you give them back. And, um, and uh, they get to do the, all the hard yards. So it's really an exciting thing. I love being uh, here. I love being um, with Olive Tree. We've had a long history together. Um, Ross and Amy come up. We come down. I haven't been in Kloof for I don't know how long. Um, it was a drab beige the last time, and there was a wall there, and well, it's, uh, it's bright, it's light, and, and, and you're all here, and it's an incredible thing. So um, you're allowed to smile. That's okay. That's it. Awesome. So I'm going to ask you a question to kick this thing off. Um, when Jesus speaks... And he gives, you know, it's, it's, some of you might have the, the Bible versions that have the red letters. So you're like, ooh, these are red letters. That means Jesus is speaking. When you see the red letters or when you know that it's Jesus speaking, do you, do you kind of dial in a little bit more and, and pay attention um, because this is the Son of God speaking? Or do you kind of just go, let's just... It's just more words that are in the Bible. Um, Now, the Bible is all inspired, and it's all authoritative, and it's all God-breathed. But there is a sense of when Jesus speaks, you kind of want to go, and hopefully you do. Hopefully you were like, well, let's dial in a little bit more to that. And I'm going to read a passage of Scripture that many of us have heard. If you grew up in the church, you, you would have heard this. I'm going to read from a different version because I love, I love how Eugene Peterson has written this in the message. But it's about being salt and light. And it's, it's, a, it's a very famous passage of Scripture. People where you do it in Sunday school, and it's like, you're the light of the world. And little kids go, yay, I don't know what that means. And I think a lot of adults go, I don't know what that means either. But Jesus said it, so are we going to lean into it? So hopefully it will come up on the screen. But this is, um, this is in Matthew chapter 5. Let me tell you why you're here. So these are the words of Jesus translated into a modern language. You're to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light. Bringing out the God colors in the world. 
God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill up in Kloof. It doesn't say that, but it could. (laughs) If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening up to others, and you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. The old, kind of the older version says, when you show your good works... You glorify your heavenly Father. You point people to this generous Father. The beginning of the Bible, if you had an old King James, um, starts off with behold. So in Genesis, you get this word behold. And in Revelation, you, you get behold. And about a thousand times in between, you get this word behold. Do you know what the word behold means? Look, watch, check this out, see what I'm going to be doing. When you get a behold in scripture, it's like, look at this, watch. Jesus in the old, kind of the, the, the old King James says, behold. Watch, look, you and I are the light of the world. Like, wait, what? So back up a little bit, and you, you see in John chapter 1, you see that John, the gospel writer, says of Jesus, that Jesus sent by the Father is the light of the world. So I thought Jesus was the light of the world. Well, he is. But then Jesus turns to his disciples and he turns to us. He says, you're the light of the world. So the light that I bring, Jesus is saying, is the light when you accept and believe in who I am, you go from darkness to light. When you go from darkness to light, now you, wherever you go, you take this light with you. The question is, are we shining? Because you're going to take the light. The question is, how bright is your light? And how is your light shining with your words, with your actions, the way you live, the way you work, the way you worship, the way, the way you play? How, how bright are we in a world that is dark? That's, that's the big question that I'm asking today. So if I back us up and say, okay, you're the light of the world. I don't know how many of you woke up this morning and you're going, I've really, I feel good about my life, but I feel like a little bit of... I'm lacking a little bit of direction. Uh, 
I, I work with a lot, of, a lot of men in the marketplace, and they know what they're doing. They, they, they understand their job description. They understand um, they've got a lot of responsibility. Um, and, and they'll be in their 40s, and um, some of them are in their 50s. And they'll look at me and they're going, is this it? Is it? I mean, is this it? I've done everything I was told to do. Is this it? So what they're really saying is they're not really lacking direction, but they're actually lacking meaning and purpose. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, when you open up this passage and Jesus says, you're the light of the world. And when you shine, you bring glory to the Father. When you help others to see who I am and what God has intended, when you begin to shed light, when you have your shining moments in other people's lives and it spills over, you are now caught up into the great purpose for why you have been made. So if you're lacking meaning this morning, if you're lacking purpose this morning, if you're going, I really don't know why I'm here, you're here to shine. You're here to shine. You're to shine and shed light into people's lives that, that need to get a fresh glimpse of who God is and what he has revealed in terms of himself and the goodness of who he is and a relationship and what that looks like. You're not here to just be religious. We're here to be relational and relational shining into other people's lives so that it makes a absolutely incredible, purposeful, glorified meaning for you and for them. So it's incredible when you and I really behold and we watch and we look at what God is saying when he says shine. I, I'll date myself. So I'm in my latter part of my 50s. And, um, and we used to sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And people who are 50 are smiling. And the rest of, if you're under 20, you're like, what? <laughs> and it was a wonderful little song that we all learned. But I just wonder if that's just kind of logged into our brains. And that's what we, we it's like a, it's like a cliche. It's like a, it's a wonderful phrase. Shine your light. Praise the Lord. Pass, pass the rusks. You know what I mean? It's like... It's, it's Jesus speaking. It's Jesus saying, this is why you and I have been made. That the light of God... And the good news of the gospel has come in and taken a dark heart. Do you know what darkness is? Do you know what spiritual darkness is? Because I'm going to tell you right now. I, I sat where you sat, 
And I can remember being in my teenage years and, you know, like they talk about the, the world is dark. And you could look around and you could get an understanding of what that meant. Like, for instance, did you know that last night, 20,000 children, 20,000 children starved to death in the world. And tomorrow, another 20,000 are going to die because their parents didn't have enough to feed them. And then Tuesday, another 20,000 are going to die. And then so on and so forth. Do you know that there are over 40, this is conservative, about 48 million people are enslaved in the world. Slavery is actually bigger now than it ever was when the slave trade was in full bloom in the 15, 14 to 1500s, and so on and so forth. 48 million people who are being trafficked, exploited. This world's dark. Do you know? There's, there's never been a statistic like this ever. That the suicide rate of young people has shot up 70% in the last decade. Sociologists are like, this never happened before. Where young people who are literally saying, I'm so lonely. I'm so isolated. It's the first time ever that young, young people actually are more lonely than the elderly. That's staggering. Watch this. Look, shine in the darkness of this world. Shine. Because there's dark. And the darkness is really, when you talk about, so if you're here and you're exploring the Christian faith, uh, just please dial in. Uh, Those of you who are already into a relationship with Jesus, you can just eavesdrop if you like. If you're here and you're exploring, let me know, let me help you understand what that means. Because it's not, it's not like I'm, I want you to go, ooh, you're telling me dark? No, I'm saying that darkness spiritually is you haven't been awakened to the truth that God is here to rescue you. That's what spiritual darkness is. So don't feel judged. It's more of an exposure. We're going to use that light theme. He's shining light on, do you have any idea why I gave you my son? I gave you my son to take you from this dark spiritual place of not knowing what my revealed truth is. Not, and my revealed truth is that I absolutely love you and that I am gracious to you and that I am here to set you free and to give you a life of freedom that you can experience what true forgiveness is. That's going from darkness to light. Freedom. Forgiveness.
and it comes through my son. He's the lifesaver. He's the rescuer. And that takes you from darkness to light. And so, if you're here and you're exploring, that's what Jesus wants to do with you right now. He's literally going, I'm here to set you free. And the only way I can set you free is to forgive everything, your past, your present, and your future, of all the things you've ever thought, said, and done. Did, did you earn it? No, there's nothing that you do to earn it. Do you deserve it? No, Glenn, you really didn't deserve it. That's what grace is. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. But I freely give it. Then, all of a sudden, you go from darkness to light. And you start to see the world differently. And all of a sudden, you're literally, you're looking around the world and you're going, behold. Behold. You see life. You see people. You see relationships. You see the world. You see meaning. You see purpose in the context of this light. Behold. Look. Watch. So now, I'm back to those of you who've already stepped into this relationship And you've said, Jesus, you are my rescuer. I am living in the light of your freedom and your forgiveness. Now, my question to us is, how well are we shining? How well are we shining in the spaces and the places that God has put us right here, right now? If you're a student, are you shining? right where you are because that's where you're supposed to be you don't have to be me and go 8,000 miles from home you don't have to be me and get on a plane and fly from Joburg to Durban every day I get in my car and I do life and the question for me in the way that I do life the people that I interact with the people I work with the people I play with the people that I'm trying to re- is am I Glenn Campbell shining am I shining so I'm going to give you some examples because I think it's it, 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 we, we need to have some examples Because Jesus, again, said these words. He's like, I didn't bring you from darkness to light to hide you under a bucket. I put you up on a light stand so that people can actually understand what it means to go from darkness to light so that they might see what my saving power is all about. I am the ultimate lifeguard. These people are drowning in darkness. I remember what that was like, even though that was 40-some years ago. You're the light of the world. Do you have a soft glow? Do you have a dim light? Or are you shining bright? Now... I think one of the big things as I was thinking and as I was preparing for this message is 
How do I shine? That's the question, right? I mean, Ross, I'm looking at you, and you're, you're nodding, but, um, but, and I appreciate that he's nodding, but I, I looked at him, and I said, that's the question, right? And he's like, of course he's going to do that. It is the question. How do you shine? How do I shine? Do, do we come in with intense light? Did you ever see, like, the old, like, World War II movies where, you know, it's kind of like this interrogation, and they put the intense lights, and we have ways of making you talk, you know what I mean? It's kind of like in the bright lights, and, and that's not the way I think God is calling us to just, like, blast onto the scene, you know, like laser, like when, when somebody finds one of those laser pointers, and you just can't resist, you know, you're supposed to be pointing it here, but then all of a sudden you're like, and you just like, you just like want to burn somebody's retina. You know, I mean, you're just kind of like, yeah. and you're like, come on, stop. Like, it, is that the way we're supposed to shine? Is that the way we're supposed to, to give off our light? Now, I think it actually is a glow. I remember if, if somebody would have come at me and just turned up the light you know, it, it's a rude awakening. We want, we want to bring people into the light. You want to you help people to understand the beauty of who God is. You, wanna under, you want them to understand that there is true freedom, that there is great meaning, that there is forgiveness. And, and oftentimes that's a journey that, that you and I have to go on with somebody. And here's how you go on it. You go on it at their pace. And it's not like, turn up bright light. It's just like, let me just keep bringing you into the light. The other how of how you do this is is not just being this consistent glow, but you actually, as somebody who is supposed to be shining, you need to be looking at other people. And so you have to start gaining an intentionality at looking at other people. And where do you look at them? It's not hard. You can actually look and bring light into somebody's life because I guarantee there's some place in their life where there's brokenness. And you can bring the light of comfort. You can bring the light of encouragement. You can bring the light of, of prayer. You can bring the light of um, clarification. Let me, can I help you understand what's going on here? There was a, a couple... Their son was involved in our youth ministry. When I first came to Joburg, I, I was like, I got to be the old, the old, the, the world's oldest youth minister in the world. Um, I came to do both youth ministry and men's marketplace ministry. And you go, how does that work? Well, the reality was, the vision that God gave me was, if I can reach these men and I can get these men to pour into to teenagers' lives, um, I, that's a win because now all of a sudden they're going to start flexing their muscles and pouring into the next generation, which this next generation really is longing for adult impact 
then if I can, if, if I can get, if we can reach these high school students and when they get fired up about God and the gospel, they're like, they're fearless. And so all these guys who've gotten safe and cautious about their faith, all of a sudden these guys bring in this fearlessness and then all of a sudden, bam. So that's what brought me to Joburg. So I met this guy, his name is Dan, and Dan went to St. Stithian's, great guy, and he was in my small group, and, um, and, I, um, and as you get in a small group setting, you, you get to hear about people's lives, and Dan started talking about his parents. He said, my parents are in a war with one another. And he said, I just can't take it anymore. I just, I, I'm to the point, I, I, I've prayed, I've prayed, I've prayed. God is just like, they just are a constant. And I'm like, they might as well just get divorced and get it over with because I just can't take their fighting anymore. This is a matric guy. And his parents were coming to our church. And so I had some encounters with them a couple different times. <clears throat> and then they actually, um, the mom left the dad. Very successful guy, business consultant, been all around the world. He's just been Mr. Career Guy. And his marriage and his family took second place. Can you relate? So I ran into him in a coffee shop and um, broken. I mean, broken. And he, and I just started talking to him. And I just started to just turn up the glow. Craig, how can I help you? Because I just never saw it coming. I don't want to be, I don't want to be another statistic. I don't, I don't want to be divorced. I just, I, I just never saw that this was going to be the way my life would end up. And so I started spending some time with him. And, and we began to pray. So I brought, I brought the glow of prayer. And, um, and believe me, I'm not into divorce, and I don't condone it, but there were some things that his wife, she was legitimately, I can't take it, and she was right. She couldn't take the way they were operating anymore. But her leaving him caused him to, like, wake up. So this was a wake-up moment in the midst of brokenness. Long story shorter they, she moved back in. Um, I began to, I counseled them a couple times. Then I brought my wife in and they, um, they healed. They, they actually had been divorced. They got divorced. And then about six to eight months later, they went, no, this is ridiculous. God put us together. And they came back and they got remarried. And as they got remarried, we said, they said, what must we do? And I said, well, 
here's what you're going to need. You're going to need to be around other people who are going to really uplift you and encourage you. And you need to be in a small group with some other people. And they looked at, they looked at us and they said, would you do that with us? And here's what immediately happened. So they said, if you will pour into us, we've got all these relationships with a whole bunch of friends who are just like us, who don't know the Lord, or they're about ready to break up, or they're really strained. And we said, sure. So we started a small group with them. And um, it started with about three or four couples. And now we've got 20 in this thing. And now their whole marriage is shining this incredible gospel light of how God can heal. I loved what you had to say earlier. This is the place. This is one of the places where people can, when you come in contact with the living Lord God, that all of a sudden life and light starts to happen. It starts to bounce off the walls and hits people's hearts where there's darkness or where there's brokenness. And all of a sudden, things begin to mend and heal. So now, so we we started this at the end of the last year in October, and in November, the end of November, before everybody was heading off for their, because Joe Burgers never stay, never stay in Joburg in December. Why would you? As Ross calls it, he goes, when he calls me up, he says, how's life in Mordor? So any... um, um, so everybody's leaving, so we finish, and this one woman, this couple, who has been through it all, she said, I now understand because of all that we've been open. We just opened up, and we just started talking, and because of Craig and Lavinia and all their relationships, they pulled these people in. This one woman said, and she's getting baptized right now in our church. She gave her life to Christ at a small group. She goes... I finally see, and I finally get it. So the soft glow of bringing healing into a broken marriage, then that, that, that started to shine and spill over into other people's lives who were broken, who were searching, who were lost, who were in the darkness, and they all started to come in, and now they're inviting their friends. Our group is expanding. It's like becoming its own little church. And all of a sudden, it's life, 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 life because of light, because of light because of light. You don't have to look far. You don't have to stand up on a podium to preach. God puts you in places where you can shine. And there's no age barrier. And there's no educational requirements. You don't have to have a a seminary degree. It's just let me bring the light of Jesus into your life through my words and my deeds and my actions. I'll finish with one more story. Do I have time? Do I? Okay. Quickly. Brett, he's the CFO of Discovery Health. I started a Bible. He goes, this is one of the men's groups. So I started a Bible study, and he had like this tier of upper like execs. I was a little bit out of my depth. So I started doing this. And they were all believers, but they were literally, you know what they were asking? How do we shine? We want to take our faith and we want to make it real. We want to change 
this corporate setting that we're in. We want to bring light into this company and, and spill it over into this city. So we started talking about all that, and I told Brett about a thing that we did called 4D Me, where we help people kind of discover how God's wired them and, and what their kingdom burden would be and where they could give themselves. So he does this. And then he's, he, he now has this framework where he wants to go after, because he has this network of top executives in the city, and he's going after them. He goes, this is the world that I, I work with. This is the, he did a big presentation, government officials and business officials last week. And he called me and said, pray, because I want to make a difference in their lives. And I don't want to just talk about business. And I don't want to just talk about the hope of South Africa. I want to talk about the hope of Jesus Christ. That ain't cool. In that world, it was cool for him. And he did. And he had a line, he had a queue of people coming up to him after this meeting and saying, you've got something that I, I don't have and I want to know about it. God's put you in a place wherever he's put you to shine. Question, are you? Better question, how can you? You can't. Let's stand and pray. I love Durban. The best part about Durban is your chill. The worst part about Durban is your chill. The best part about Joburg is we are busy. I mean, there's always something going on. The worst part about Joburg, it's hectic. And it never stops. So we both have the best and the worst. Don't be chill about shining. Because there are people in your world right maybe across the office floor or on the other side of the classroom that is desperate for you to shine and have them come to see that there is hope and there is saving grace and saving power for their lives in Jesus Christ. At the end of your life, what are you going to look at Jesus and say? I was chill in Durban. Or I shine. I, sh- I-, I-, I glowed. I-, I did what I... And I saw a line of people behind me going, stepping from darkness to light. That's what I want for you. And that's what Jesus wants for you. And that's your purpose. That's our purpose. So I'm going to ask you to do something that could be really strange. But just put your hand on the shoulder of the person next to you. Because I want you to feel like the fact that you're not in this alone. Because you think, if I just shine my light in this dark world, it's... No. See, now what you're feeling? This is a bonfire. This is a bonfire. If everybody in this room starts to shine, it's a bonfire. Father, thank you so much for the people next to us, in front of us and behind us, whether we know them or not. May we be men and women who shine our lights. Behold, watch this. Jesus 
is wanting to set you free. Jesus is wanting you to experience the goodness of his forgiveness. Jesus is wanting you to live out the beauty, a purpose to point people to a heavenly father who is good and generous. May we be those people. May this not just be a message and we go, we're inspired for five minutes. May there be a flame that catches and it carries over to Monday, then Tuesday, and so on and so on. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks.